<laughs> yeah, I should have hit record before I said that. That's a bummer there, Jared. Mr. Uh, Jim there. All right. Um <laughs> Okay. Hey, do you want do you wanna uh do you wanna uh rate a uh, apology? Yeah, we can rate some apologies. All right. Uh, have you heard of um Jessica Krug, I believe her name is? No. Oh, Chatty Chad Chad. Well, how about I start by reading the apology and then I'll tell you okay. who she is. <clears throat> Get ready, everyone. <laughs> For the better part of my adult life, every move I've made, every relationship I've formed has been rooted in the napalm toxic soil of lies. Not just any lies. New paragraph. Well, she put like three of those stars in the middle. <laughs> you know. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I see what you're saying. Right. I feel like that's worth noting. Right. Uh, it's like header one. Like header <laughs> yes. One. Please see below. To an escalating degree over my adult life, I have eschewed my lived experience as a white Jewish child in a suburban Kansas City under various assumed identities within blackness that what? I had no right to claim. Wait, what? First, uh, I have eschewed my life, ex- my lived experience as a white Jewish child in suburban what? Kansas City under various assumed identities within a uh, within a blackness uh, un- assumed identities within a blackness that I had no right to claim. First, North African blackness, then U.S. rooted blackness, then Caribbean rooted Bronx blackness. I have not only claimed these identities as my as my own when I had absolutely no right to do so. When doing so is the very epitome of violence, of thievery, and appropriation of the myriad of the myriad ways in which non-black people continue to use and abuse black identities and cultures. But I have formed intimate relationships with, uh, with loving, compassionate people who have trusted and cared for me when I have deserved n- uh, neither trust nor caring. People have fought together with me and have fought for me. And my continued appropriation of a black Caribbean identity is not only in the starkest terms wrong, unethical, immoral, anti-black, colonial, but it means that every step I've taken has gaslighted those whom I love. So what you're telling me is this this woman has <laughs> what used she's telling numerous, you, Chad. I'm reading her apology. Right. So she has <laughs> assumed numerous fake This is her. I mean, this is not a great picture, obviously, but that's her, Jessica Krug. I thought, okay, wow, um, huh? She's as she, now it's called Rachel Dolezaling. She, right, Rachel Dolezal invented why, something. Why would you do that? I don't understand why you would assume <clears throat> a fake identity. That's uh, man. Yeah, and she's, poor, but not honestly, only she, man, that poor woman. Not that's only has she say. been doing that. But she's but she was like masquer not masquerading but she was like an activist in the black community, and she was like H- how though like like virtually or oh you know that's a that's a great question. Uh, we're gonna have to wait for this to go by. Yeah, let's wait. Let's all let's, right. Let's, doing the test. Yeah, let's hope it's a test. <laughs> it is the first. It is the first. Uh, and it Saturday is noon on September. the dot. Is it really? Yeah. Well, welcome to noon, everybody. Breaking the fourth so, wall here. So, well, well, uh, man, 
Let's just wait. Now, how about you guys tell us? Does this bother you? All right. Well, well I wonder. I don't know how much of it, it the mics pick up. It's pretty loud. <laughs> it's pretty piercing. But hopefully, this will give me time to find um, Dolazaling. I just. Oh man. So she was an activist in the black community. Um. You can even hear her accent if I can find it. Why? I know why, I have it somewhere. I mean, oh man, I, I just don't get why you need to assume a different identity, even if you want to be an activist. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a great point. You know? I, that's, that's a great point. That's too bad. That's a great point. I feel bad for that woman, man, honestly. I mean, to I don't know. I think... I think you have some issues if you have to do that, to be honest. That's very nice of you that you feel sorry yeah. for. I mean, I understand it. It's like, yeah, like, like, uh, yeah, it's such a, it's such an odd thing to do. Right. Um, is that it? Is that the end? Is it over? Because I don't I'm, know. Uh, they work just in case. Uh, okay. Here, what is that? Here we go. What do you mean? What is it? That's creepy, isn't it? It is. All right. Here it is. Do you want to hear her accent? Yeah. Let's play a, a new game. Does she sound black? <laughs> um, <clears throat> let's see. All right, I'm Jessa Bombalera. I'm here in El Barrio, East Harlem. Uh, you probably know this neighborhood because the Hosanna Melissa Mark Viverito, who used to be the speaker of your city council, sold my fucking neighborhood to developers and gentrifiers. So the, I got a couple of things to say. And when she, y'all come okay, on wait. and tell me my time stops, Can you, fuck out of here. It's been seven hours. Can you, pa- can you pause it? She went from like if you listen to the very beginning to there, like it's sorry, sorry. It it was like there were four. Pause. Dif- it was like there were four <laughs> different people. Yeah, start she, start from the, the beginning again for she, me. She needs. She doesn't have the accent down. Like the no. ex, the ac- it's sloppy. She 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 has and it gets too tiring for and she gives up on it. Listen. Oh, you're saying because she was going full like uh, a yeah. Latin act like yeah. But then she's like, well, I can't speak that much Spanish. I'm Jessa Bombalera. I'm here in El Barrio. Bombalera. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably know this neighborhood because the Hosanna Melissa Mark Viverito, who used to be the speaker of your city council. Oh, yeah. That was one of her fake names. Bombalero. So I got a couple of things to say. And when y'all come on and tell me my time. Yeah, because then yep. it's, it kind of turns from like she starts off really because of the name. That's what it is. Comes it's in the real name. Hot. It's not that her accent's good. It's just that she has a name right. that she's gotten down that she could say Bombalero. Yeah, but it just but then once she starts going, fake. then she just sounds like a New Yorker trying to make up a Hispanic right. accent. She sounds like a bad actor. Right, she does. <laughs> I mean, I maybe maybe because I knew she was a white woman, I just yeah. hear a white woman. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we would have properly played Guess the Race, uh, right? Maybe would maybe would have been like, oh yeah, no, she sounds like she's straight from um, Puerto Rico or the Caribbean or something. Right. Oh, that's and she's just ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, how do you? Oh, so let's rate the apology. Oh man, I mean, what what? What rating are we going like out of ten? Where are we? Well, so far we have one apology that we've rated, and it was the guy that uh, apologized for using the uh, uh, excuse me uh, a, a slur for gay people on air, 
And during the apology, he continued to call the game. So he's like, I, I made a huge mistake. And that's a home run for uh, Chambers. Oh, yeah, that was uh, so That's ridiculous. 3-1 for the Capitals, or, or for the Nationals. Right. Uh, and he's like, what I and, did was uh, wrong. And uh, I'm sorry to the people that I'll probably me. never get on this mic again. Right. He also said that. Yep. I yeah, he said, I apologize <laughs> to the people who, pay, who signed my check. Yep. Apologize <laughs> to my friends and family. I made a mistake. And I gave, and, and right out in the left field there with And if I remember correctly, now I believe I, I gave I gave that about a five or a six. Because like he apologized somewhere in there and it was terrible because he called the game in between and he started with um he, the first person he apologized to is the person that signs his check. Unless the person that signs his check <laughs> yeah. happens to be gay, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> right. But um. But he didn't like. But but he. But it, it could have been worse. It could have been much worse. So I've heard worse, a lot worse. Sure. Um. And so I'd I'd give that about a five or I think I think right. I, we gave that about a five or a six. I would give this woman's probably a four. Really? Yeah. I'd give it about a seven or an eight. I think it's pretty good. Really? It's pretty good. Really? Okay. Why? T- tell me why. Um, she seems to be, she seems to be, uh, now listen, I'm not saying, I, I'm not saying all's forgiven. People are being too mean to her. Let's be right. clear. Well, I'm sure the internet has That's, a, that's the one. thing. The yeah. only mean quote unquote things I've seen are just jokes on the internet. Like it's all right. jokes. Right. Um, which uh, are kind of well-deserved. But honestly, I, but I, so to, the reason I think it's, degree. I think it's pretty good. I'll give it a seven. I'll give it a seven. It's a little too much. Okay. See that's why I give it a four. But but, I, but what I like much. about it is is she seems to be very aware of what the problem is. I like that mm. she's spelling out what she's doing wrong. Okay. But what does she say that she's going to do to remedy what she's done wrong? Well, this is why it's not a perfect apology. Okay. <laughs> and the thing is, that's always the hardest part to nail. Because there's really nothing that you can do, especially something like this. Once the internet gets a hold of you, there's not much you can do, for, especially for something like this, that's going to stop people from just making fun of you anyway. You right. know, like that's unavoidable. Right. And so I like that's I, I and there's nothing where where people are going to be like, all right, yeah, she. No one's going to be like, all right, stop making fun of her, guys. You know, like I right. can't imagine what that's not she how have the to, internet works anymore. Yeah. So I don't yeah. even know what you really can do. But I think that I think that's why it's so. I mean, it's hard to get a perfect score in anything, and I think that true. You know, I don't know what it is that that would nail that perfect apology, but maybe I know when I hear it. And this was not it because you're right. That's a very important part. It's like, yeah, all right, you you recognize what you're doing is wrong, but it's like, okay, you're still just gonna go on living your life fine. Like, mm-hmm. it's you're gonna be fine. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, but I also maybe. Well, and how how do we know she's not going to do it again? Hmm. I don't know. You feel like people would recognize her now, right? Anytime someone looks up her name, maybe it's like oh. It, but what if she doesn't like, use her name? Like for example, Rachel Dolezal. She right. well, Rachel Dolezal. She doubled down. She changed her name. Did you know? Like she changed her name to like an African name. Remember we talked about this, didn't we? I think like so, her yeah. name's no longer Rachel Dolezal. She has some right. sort of like legit, <laughs> not legit. I mean, it's not legit. It's, but she has some she sort of like changed her name to like some yeah. Afri- like some African name, and um, and so she she's like, oh no, this is this is me, baby. Uh, man, I so wish I could find Rachel Dolezal's. Uh... Oh, here it is. Uh. Also known as Nikechi Amare Diallo. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's her legal right to change her name. You know, 
Can, can you read it one more time? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I can, but I don't. I'm like, but the funny thing is, I was like, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but it's like, who? I mean, a little part of me is like, who cares? This is Rachel Dolezal we're talking about, but it's like, it is a real name, I guess. Probably. Nikechi Amare Diallo. Interesting. There must be something about the last name because Dolezal Diallo. Oh, maybe. I don't know. It seems similar. Interesting theory. Yeah, makes sense. But maybe, I don't know. I just made that up. Makes sense. But yeah, she doubled down on it. She's like, oh no, this is me, baby. Right. I feel like, I'll say this one, at least from what I've seen so far, Dolezal seems to, excuse me, Nikechi seems to, <laughs> seems to believe it more than Jessica does. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, um, Jessica Krug seems like she and I think she had a couple of different names too she's more just like playing a role you know right uh but Rachel Dolezal and listen I'm not I'm not defending her because I think what she does is ridiculous too. her her belief that she's actually black is, is ridiculous too but she seems to actually be convinced that she's black right um uh a bumbalero here seems like she's just having fun, you know, or like playing a game almost. Because mm-hmm. she, because she mentioned in her thing that she's done multiple different sort of, I guess, characters, what right. you call them. And I think they've just called her out on her game, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's also I saw on Twitter somewhere. Who knows? This is Twitter meme news. But <laughs> right. but I saw somewhere I, that quality of news. <laughs> I saw somewhere that people were like, you know, um, you know, like. Don't you know? Like, don't like, don't feel so like, don't feel sorry for her because like the only reason she's even coming out is because you know people found out about her. And if she, she didn't come caught. out, she would have you know obviously she would have gotten blown up. Right. Uh, so you know better to get come out on your own than get blown up like that. So so people were saying that like you know don't feel too sorry for her. Like the only reason she's even coming out now is because it's like it's like yeah of course duh. It's not, she, I, I can't imagine all of a sudden she just feels bad about it and she's like no now I need to just make a giant statement about it. Right. Yeah, it's it's like you're not sorry you did it. You're sorry you got caught. So I, right? Or is yeah, that yeah, you know, I'm say? with you. I'm with you. But but I I I I'd be more it's likely to believe story. that she'd probably. Eh, I know. I don't have any reason to believe anything. But um, <laughs> the only thing I know is she, is she seems like she's doing it for like like Rachel Dolezal seems like she actually she's, she's she she is she actually is about it and believes it. But uh, yeah, this Bumbleero is just having a, having a fun time with characters. She's she's essentially preparing for a role or something. It seems like yeah, a Pretty role that we all know is going to go to. Who is that? Is it Jessica Alba that always gets those? She always gets made fun of for getting like roles of like an Asian person or something. Is Could it, be. I'm not sure. Scarlett Johansson. I don't know. One of those. I have no they're idea. All, they're very similar know. to me. All those. <laughs> couldn't couldn't one tell you, Jared. But uh, I think you uh, might happen to. Oh yeah. Possibly know what. Did you rate the apology, by the way? Yeah, I gave it a four. Oh, remember? Right. right. You spread a little love. But now you are I'm not impressed. I was not impressed. So, w- w- what was it that made you so unimpressed by it? That that made it a four? Because you're just, saying that it, was worse than the guy that that uh, continued to uh, call a game mid uh, well, but apology. See, this is a different medium of an apology. He was apologizing mid game. She's apologizing sure. via a letter. So his. So you think his is braver? In a way, but he also ha- has that platform. She doesn't have that platform, right? Well, well but see, once again, then why? Then why? Like, if why are we even hearing about this? You know what I mean? Sure. Like, if she wasn't, I don't know. It's just different. I, I understand. Listen, th- we all have our different scoring systems. I'm not saying there's anything wrong <laughs> right. with your score. I'm just trying to to hear you out. And I, I guess I, I kind of hear mm-hmm. where you're coming from a little bit. But I think I think um, 
I, to I, me, it comes off a little, little insincere in a way. I, I understand I that. Guess. I understand that. I, I think, I think she kind of did beat a dead horse a little bit with mm. it. Like she could have, she could have cut out a little bit of the uh, like what I did wrong kind of. Th- I mean, not even the what I did wrong. It's just a little, it's just a little flowery. I feel right. like. Right. I, I yeah. hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But, I, but I still think that it's. She, it, it seems to at least show what an apology is supposed to do. It takes it, it does a better job of showing sincerity sincerity than the guy seemed to do that was apologizing to the guy that signs his paycheck, who uh, right. calling the game. You know, right. it, it just doesn't seem as sincere to me. But I hear what you're saying too. Yeah. Well, anyways, yeah. So my first shout out goes out to believe it or not, all the people who donated some money. I also donated. I think like it's not a lot, but I think I donated like twenty bucks. Um, during Dude, that's the, a lot. The, uh, I think that's a lot. The uh, ice bucket challenge. You remember when that was a big thing? <laughs> what year was that? Do you know what um, year that was? I'm Let me guess. Sure. Guess. Guess. Before you look. Probably 2018. No way, dude. It was. Probably it was like 2014. No. We were in college. No, it was after we were done with college. I think. No, we were in college, or we were at least just out sure? of college. It was not two years ago. I think it was two years ago. No, I hold on. You don't think so? I think it was like two years ago. Anyways, so I'll what's, what's happened though is people donated, you know, through all that money, uh, they've done some research and research has supported that uh, some new treatment uh, may help slow the progression of ALS. So, so you know, I was always wondering, really? you know, you see all these videos of people doing this challenge and donating money. It's 2015. Um Oh, okay. All right. But they continued to do it in six in multiple years after. But right. the first the first time that it was quote unquote reintroduced was Oh no, I th- no, it started in twenty fourteen. Oh, good call. So we were still in college. You were right. Ah. Yep. Good that call, right. Jared. Um I was slipping on some gator piston. <laughs> um but anyways, I think this is great though. You know, it's always good to see when people donate money, it's going towards a good cause. Yeah. And it has actually helped out that cause. And and it, and it kinda and I imagine it, it makes you feel sort of good about the twenty dollars you you put in it's like oh i kind of i i was part of that i i helped with that i i mean i guess i honestly well you should i feel like you, you should so? and 20 is not not a lot because you know i i it's it they're like when people say like you know any bit counts as long as you just contribute is is more important than how much you give I, that's right. true i i like i believe i i generally believe that stuff mm. and so and twenty dollars is not nothing people gave less than that that's for sure that's true I, l- I like your mindset, Jared. We'll talk more about mindsets la- mm. later this episode. But first, I got one more shout out for today. Uh, we've we've given him shout outs before because he's just one of the coolest guys in rock and roll by far. Uh, Mr. Dave Grohl, the uh, um, guitarist and singer songwriter for the Foo Fighters and drummer from Nirvana, mm-hmm. um, he has accepted. This is such a cool story, Jared. He's accepted a ten-year-old drummer's virtual drum-off challenge. Um, so Natty Bushel uh, played a cover of Everlong, um, and then he responded with a video of his own. And so they're doing is Everlong kind of from uh, uh, Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, yeah. You've you've heard it. Is before, that one of the I'm popular sure. ones? Yeah, yeah. It's very very popular. Yeah, I probably um, have heard it then. But yeah. So so anyway, so so he messaged them and said, you know, you win round one because uh, I got something special in mind. So then he sent, you know, her. I think another song. Uh, anyways, yeah, it's really awesome. I is mean, that him right there? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, he is one of the coolest guys ever, and the funny thing is he... It seems guess, like he's a cool guy. I've heard nothing right. but good things about him. Right, and the funny thing is is he is playing the, the, the for the drum challenge, it says on his daughter's drum set. 
<laughs> that's cool. <laughs> you know, so that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Because um, I think he has two two girls. But yeah, so Grohl played about 30 seconds of Everlong on his daughter's drum kit. Uh, and so I haven't played Dude. that song since the, since the day I recorded it in 1997. Our drummer, uh, Taylor Hawkins, plays that song on tour for us almost every night. Dude, something like that can keep a 10-year-old going. Like... Like, oh yeah, that 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 just just like a legend like that uh, acknowledging you and, dr- yeah. and you know virtually drumming with you. I feel like that 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 can keep a young kid going for a long time and keep them motivated and excited oh, for about sure. the drums for a long well, time. And here, That's awesome. And, and what we can do, Jared, is is we can play this video. I think, um, and if we don't have it coming on the speakers, we can just listen to it. Um, and because this girl's good, I mean, I've I've watched it. She's good. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Ha- have. I feel like maybe I've seen her before. Nope. She's got great uh, faces, Whoop. too. Playing faces. So this is Crooked Vultures, I'm pretty sure. She's got a great, uh, like, a uh, playing face. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. She gets into it. <laughs> so that's, Is she screaming? Is that what I'm hearing? I'm not sure. But see, I want to see the, the first one where she plays Everlong. Okay, so this is Dave Grohl playing Everlong. Yeah. Let's see. I want to see if it's... No, okay. Anyways, but yeah, so it's it's really... Fa- oh, this is probably the one. Yeah, <laughs> duh. Of course, it's the first one on top, Jared, of course. Is she oh, she's British? British. I challenge you I to challenge a drum you off. To a off. <laughs> yeah, she's... Okay, so Dave she's Grohl. I challenge you to a drum off. Oh, of course I know this song, yeah. Yeah. And she's got, like, you know, she's drawn on her drum kit. And her outfit is awesome, too. Yep. Yeah, got purple headphones, purple <laughs> skirt. Oh, yeah. She's she's fantastic. This girl is, she's uh, covering the Foo Fighters Everlong. And, yeah, like you said, Jared, she's got the facial expressions. But yes. I thought they said like she was like 10, 11, or 12, somewhere around that age. That's awesome. You know? She's, yeah, definitely talented. So, so yeah, so I think this is just a, a heartwarming story, you know? Yeah. Um, so, shout out to Dave Grohl um, and also oh, and, uh, and uh, Nandy Bushel as well. Um, I think this is just such an awesome Dave story. Dave Grohl. <laughs> Challenge you to a drum off. <laughs> I awesome. love that. It's awesome. <laughs> Dude, I wish I had a cool British accent all the time. <laughs> but you know what we do do that is pretty cool? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's some untranslatables. That's right. If we get the right, tra- uh, right untranslatables, we could do it a British accent if we wanted to. That's right. Brilliant. That's right. Uh, so untranslatables are yeah. idioms, phrases, proverbs, yeah. axioms, words that don't translate one-to-one into English. And I will get us started today. Uh, all of mine today are Mexican Spanish. Okay. Um, and here we go. My first one for you is um, Hablando del Rey de Roma. Hablando. Uh-huh. Well, I know del my lingo is to dance. De, uh, or dancing. Hablando, habla, hablar. Oh, to speak, speaking. Yeah, uh-huh. Hablando. Um, S- speaking of del rey. Speaking of the, is that the bird or something? The king. The king. Oh, right, I the knew that, actually. de Roma. Speaking of the king of Rome? Yeah. Hmm. Is that like speak of the devil? 
Hit that ham horn, my man. Very <laughs> good. Of the King of Rome. Very good. Yeah. Speaking of the King of Rome. Yeah. We say speak of the devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that essentially means like, oh, I was just talking about you, and then you happen to show yep. up right behind me. Yep. My first one is Italian, and it's uh, Cavoli riscaldati. Cavoli riscaldati. Reheated cabbage. Oh, isn't this like a relationship that like... Oh, how'd you know that? I think we've done that one before. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, this it's like a relationship that like was on the rocks or you broke up and then mm-hmm. it's like to like not get like yeah, reheated cabbage I think is that's never perfect. good. Yeah. Because it's, it's like, true. It, like you can't put the or it's like reheated pizza or like or like microwave well, re- pizza. Hey, or, whoa. No, excuse me, I had to say well, microwave well, pizza. Well microwave not pizza's reheated. not great. Yeah. Well exactly. That's, put I, that in the oven though and get that crispy. Oh that's oh that's I didn't realize I wrote down below that. I would say microwave pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. My next one for you. Hey, no uh, microwave pizza. Jared is yeah, you're right, you're right. I'll put my phone down. Is Spanish, uh, Mexican Spanish, as I said. Um Corto, corto uh, de luces, which uh, means uh, short of lights. Is that like kind of like dumb? Like you're not, you're not all there up top. Yep. What, what would we say in uh, like we have something about light on? Like uh, not the brightest bulb. Uh, not Thank all the you. candles in the candle shop. Is that one of them? I don't know. I've, I've never heard that one before. I'm making them up. Not the. Not the sharpest uh, needle in the haystack. <laughs> not the sharpest needle in <laughs> the haystack. I'm just mixing up different, you know, idioms. But yeah, but I think that's a funny one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have one more, and it's uh, Quebecois, Quebec French. Se prend, se pas pour de seven up flat. Which means? Uh, I think the person will not be mistaken for a flat seven up. Seven up flat. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. Um, thinks the person it's this like person they, thinks they won't be mistaken for Seven Up for Flat Seven Up. So this person thinks they're hot stuff. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're overconfident. Mm-hmm. They're cocky. Well, yeah, arrogant. There you go. Yeah. Okay. They think their uh, shit doesn't stink, as we might say here mm, in the United States. That's fair. Yeah. My last one for you is Mexican Spanish. Dame pan y dime tonto. Well, that was bread, isn't it? Pan. Uh-huh. Yep. Is dame mm-hmm. is that like dame is that like to take or something? To give. To give. Mm-hmm. Give bread or give nothing or something like that. Give me bread and call me stupid. Give me bread and call me stupid. Is that where it's like, well, slap my ass and call me Sally kind of thing? What does that mean? <laughs> Tell <laughs> me what that means. I I don't even know what that means. You don't know Jared. when someone says that. I don't even no, really know I've what it means either. I've never heard someone say slap my ass and call me Sally. <laughs> You've heard people say that? I've never heard that. It's before. like it's like a it's like a well I'll be or like well gee willikers, you know. Nope. It's like or it's like I'm shocked, or, you know, like oh well like I can't believe it. I would say this is uh It's like a you've phrase, taken me by surprise. This is no, this is a phrase Well slap my ass and call me Sally. Yeah, unfortunately not. I wish it okay. was. But this is uh Well this is talking about someone who who, you know, people might criticize because they're at the top. What's the literal again? You could say they they um, gave bread and or or they uh, that guy said give me bread and call me stupid. So it's just like do what I say and shut up. Basically, do whatever it takes to get to the top. Oh, interesting. Like, give me bread and call me stupid. Like I don't care what you think of me. You can call me stupid. Give me that bread though, because I'm going to the top. Bread is meaning money. I don't know, but okay. here it just says dame pan, <laughs> y dime tonto. I think that's a cool one. I like, yeah, I like that. I like yep. that. 
Yeah, but you know, it kind of relates to today's episode idea say, a little yeah. bit. You know, this uh, idea of the abundance mindset, which is this idea that, um, I mean, you have things in abundance. You know, it's, it's pretty yeah. straightforward. And but I think, I think there's a lot we can learn from this mindset that um, can really enrich your life and make your life a lot better. I feel like if you come from a place of abundance instead of scarcity, um, your decision making process is different. I think you can make more logical decisions, better decisions. Um, and I think it's just overall, what do you uh, mean make better decisions? Like if you, if you have to do something because it's your only option, um, just because it's your only option doesn't make it a good option, right? Mm -hmm. You want to be able to have some different options. So, so abundance mindset means, you know, you, yeah, I was about to say, I, I, maybe you should explain to me what abundance mindset is, is versus scarcity mindset before. Is this somewhat more school shit, by the way? Yeah, kind of. Okay. So, well, some of it like just has to do with like, if you lose your job, can you get a job somewhere else? You know, the abundance mindset would be if you are in a position where your bosses treat you unfairly or, or the, the job isn't right for you. You can you can leave that job if you need to. Hold on. So you're telling uh -huh. me that the abundance? Did we do an intro on this episode? No, we didn't. Mm -mm. That the abundance? <laughs> um, follow us on Untranslatable Pod. No, I'm kidding. Untranslatable. No, no, actually, do though. Um, so are you telling me that the abundance versus scarcity mindset has nothing to do with like? Uh, you can apply it to anything. When I hear that, I think of like Americans loving their large SUVs and their mm -hmm. trips to Costco. And their uh, houses with a lot of space, mm -hmm. and their yards, and their uh, a lot of toys. Yep. The, I mean, that's very abundant. And in sort of well. using that as almost like a conduit towards showing success, showing wealth, showing happiness. You know, right. versus um, you know maybe other cultures viewing that sort of uh, abundance as a um, sort of a um, like not a positive thing. Right. Well, I think there's different types of abundance, right? So that's like abundance of material things, yeah. right? I'm talking more, which which some material things, it's good to have abundance of. Abundance of money. Money is a material thing. You think it's good to have an abundance of money? If you have more money than you need, of course it's good. I mean, I guess so, but people, of some course. people have a weird relationship with money. Some people- I mean, if you don't know how to use the money, then no, sure. No, but I'm but saying some people don't feel like, you, like we should live in a world where you have a, more, a bunch more money than you need, you know? I mean, I, I think you should have a bunch more enough to the point where if something happened, you are financially sure, stable. Okay. Yeah, I'm not fair. talking about being a billionaire. I'm like talking Bezos about, levels? Yeah, I'm not talking <laughs> Bezos levels. I'm talking you have some investments. You you could you live off of those. You have enough for a rainy day. Right. Yeah, I don't think that makes you a bad person. Right. Uh, but I think <laughs> I think the idea of the abundance mindset is the, the key here is that is that you... Um, you know, if you lose your job or or something bad happens in your, in your life, that um, you can you can find other options. You so, know? so the flip of that, the scarcity mindset. Yep. What would that be? The scarcity mindset is like that? if you're in a if you're in a job, right? Say 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 we just graduate college, and the only job you can get at that time being is uh, maybe some kind of low level job. Even as like a, and this is no disrespect to people who work this job, but you know, you're you're a cashier or something like this, um, and you're making a, a little bit above minimum wage, but it's not enough to really make a dent in savings. You have college debt to pay off potentially. If we're talking to our American listeners right now, mm -hmm. you know, um, and and the scarcity mindset would be, um, 
you know, it's not even really a mindset, but at that point it's a reality is that um, if I lose my job, I'm screwed. You know, if you live paycheck to paycheck, um, you lose your job, um, you know, that's, you know, that's, but the abundance mindset would be, okay, so you have that job, but then maybe on, on one day during a weekend or, or one or two nights a week, you do some other job. So you have another type of income stream coming in, right? Right. So you have two streams of income. Then you are starting to um, realize that um, if you lost this job, you could either do that job, uh, maybe like not full time, but maybe take so it's on just, more hours. So the abundance is just not feeling like you're trapped or like exactly. stuck. I mean, scarcity really means like this is all you have or all you can get. I guess so, yeah. You know what I mean? Abundance mindset means... Well, see, that's the thing about mm-hmm. uh, Amer- like American workforce, too, is, is like it's set up to make you feel like you have no other option, you know? Right. Like, they, they sort of make it hard to, to, for people to want to take chances because it's like... This is this is how I get my my health care at right. a, for at a great price. Right, means work even if it means working at a job I don't like. You know, I don't really have the the luxury to to you know shop around for jobs. Right, but what I'm saying is if if that's if that's a job you have, um, you know, try to find a way to earn. Bless you. <laughs> oh, thank you. To earn a little bit of money on the side doing something. You know, if you do that um, for a while, and I just think it's smart. You know, abundance mindset also has to do with not being tied to one specific thing, right? Yeah. So, so Well, that's kind of the point. Of, I mean, that's that's what they say the future is going to be, right? The sort of, uh, well, they say the future is in, like, gig economy and stuff like that. I mean, it already is like that in a lot of ways. Yeah, but it's not sustainable. Um, it, I think it is if you like Uber and Lyft and companies like that, they do not get great. You do not hear great right. things from their, from the, you know, employees, you know, they don't get insurance. They don't like it. Well, it they're is, not employees. That's why they don't get insurance. They're right. a contract. Well, of course. Yeah. But I think that's, you know, that's part of the problem with right. the gig economy, at least right now. Right. But at the same time too, I mean, if you can, you know, provide some type of service and or make if we some had money. universal healthcare. Well, yeah, that might make the gig economy work a little better. That's a whole different conversation, though, <laughs> right there. Um, Would that actually make help the gig economy? Like, I think so. because I feel like a lot of people, what a big part of the job is not just pay, but health insurance. Yeah. Like, that's you know, that's part of the quote unquote. Especially pay. if you have a family, right? Yeah, yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, but yeah, so I mean, the important thing about the abundance mindset is that. Like, like I've realized this the last like four or five months when I was doing a lot of job interviews, there were a lot of jobs where I did the interview and honestly, I wasn't going to be heartbroken if either they didn't want me for the job mm-hmm. or if, if it just didn't meet my standards. Yeah. I think it's, it's really an interesting time in your life when you are in a job interview and you don't think, oh my God, I need this job. Yeah. Right. Or, 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 you know, I've turned down some things because it's like, I don't need, like I could use the money, but I don't need the money. Yeah. Well, I've definitely, I, I've, I've searched for jobs as someone that had a job and was, you know, looking and wanted a new job, but wasn't like in a rush because I was still getting paid and stuff. But then I also have been in a situation where it's like, you're on a timeline, like a deadline. It's like, all right, I need to find a job. And, um, it's definitely, it's definitely a different 
it's definitely a different kind of job search that I do. I mean, I'm I'm way more picky when I still have a job. You know, I'm like, all right, what is it that I really am interested in? It's like, is this actually something I'm interested in? I don't. I, it's not. There's no point in me applying to something that I'm gonna dislike, just like I dislike the current thing I'm doing, just to right. find a new thing to do. Right. So it really. But then there's also. But then you know, when I don't have a job, it's like, all right, I'm gonna cast a wider net because yeah, I don't. I'm not saying I want this job. But you know, I have severance for this many months, and I and there's a little part of me that's like, I mean, I need something after this is over. Mm-hmm. So sure, I got to figure something out, right? And it, it it is a different mindset, yeah. But I think that um, the best way to do to have that abundance, at least in the United States, there's got to be a better way. And let me know because um, this is a very American buy stuff capitalism way to think about it right but the way to the, the best way to have that sort of abundance is to do is to be like self-employed you know yeah and is to have your own sources of income and not rely and, on companies. and the way and the way to do that is have some type of skill you know develop some type of skill it could yeah. be anything I feel like i don't have any skills i f- i would disagree with you i mean you you're a smart guy what i mean what what do you do 40 hours a week you know, you're doing yeah, things that, you know, you just got to f- find a way to kind of market your skills. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm rich. I'm not even wealthy, I would say at this point, but I've made some money, you know, like m- making music for people, um, you know, teaching, obviously, you know, stuff like that. You know, there are ways you can. Um, yeah, I think I'm just not creative, creative enough with what I think I could do is probably more of what it is. Right. Um, yeah, but I think, I think the key is, uh, if you were to develop even more of an abundance mindset, it's kind of like, well, if you could figure out a skill that, you know, is marketable and you can make money off of it. Um, I feel like the abundance mindset also kind of has to do with, um, willing to give that a try, you know, because it's like, you you know, you, you can afford to try it. So what, what bucket would you put like those people that say have had like, um, you know, like someone that's, you know, I've worked at this company for 45 years and it's always been good to me. And I've been, is that, is that, is that just like giving into your scarcity mindset? <sighs> well, not necessarily. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard like to say, job, I guess. Well, sure. And, and it's also hard to say, you know, we don't know what everyone's life is like, you know, they might have a family to take care of where they can't just up and leave that job. Um, you know, and, and yeah, maybe the pay is decent. Maybe they're, they're okay with it. But I th- at least just me, I've, I've had, you know, the experience where I've worked for two or three different, you know, colleges at the same time or, or teaching for, you know, a couple different people or mm-hmm. even for myself. And uh, it just makes a big difference, you know. Um, where did you first learn about the scarcity versus abundance? Because you did say this was some school shit. Um, I was, I forget where I was. I was watching a video on... Um, I think it was also it was actually on business, um, and it was about how, you know, when you when you open up a business, you want to try to come, you know, come at it with a mindset of more of abundance, more like well informed abundance, than if you're like if you just operate anything in scarcity, um, it just I don't understand what that means. I feel like I still don't understand what you're saying though. When you operate in scarcity. Yeah, it, like just when you when you think that your options are limited, you know, you want to be able to put yourself in a position where you have a lot of options. Mm. So whether that be for jobs, whether that be how you want to take your business, 
whether that you know do you know what i mean yeah i'm starting to understand what you're saying yeah like scarcity just means like lack of options it means you i mean it means resources money ideas anything is scarce right you know and and i think uh it's better to have a lot of ideas even if you don't i think if you have a lot of ideas they might not all be good ideas but i think a lot of ideas the the likelihood of getting a couple decent ideas Versus not having many ideas at all. You know what I mean? So I'd argue that what I said before about large SUVs and pickup trucks and trips to Costco and um, extra large meals, that's not that's not the same kind of thing as what you're, you're talking no, about. No, 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 no. Yeah. Okay. I'm talking more of like the metaphysical abundance, hmm. whereas like you're just talking about, yeah, lots of stuff, which is also abundance in a way. Uh, you know, you, you have more stuff than you need. Sure, sure. Um, but I'm thinking more so you need, you know, just like job options, money options. Where do you think is a, where do you think would be a good place or an ideal place to live an abundant lifestyle? It kind of seems like the Asia. United States. Oh, Asia's a good Asia. I think a lot of, at least for, for us Westerners, if you can find a job over there or if you can work remotely and live in Asia, the cost of living is so low. That I mean, number one. What do you mean by Asia? I mean like Thailand, Steely Philippines, Dan, Asia. <laughs> um, Vietnam, you know, just countries where they still have like a good standard of life, but it's just, you know, to rent an apartment, um, the cost of living is low. But you're saying that this this would, the the way you, that you would imagine living life there would would be having a lot of different jobs? Maybe a, one or A lot like, of different sources of income? Like at least, at least two to three different sources of income. Uh huh. Hmm. Ideally, you know, um, two to three sources of income, and then also, at at some point, you know, um, own some. If you can really get into abundance with your finances, you know, then you can, uh, you know, invest in a property, start making good investments. I mean, the whole point of um, the abundance, living with, you know, the abundance of. Of things like um, you know job options and money and ideas is that you have more freedom to do what you want, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. Whereas if you just keep the same job, unless if that's a really good paying job and you're super happy, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I think that's awesome. But the reality for a lot of people our age is unless you are like really high up in a corporate company, um, or you're like or you're a contractor making your own money, doing really well for yourself. You might have to string along a couple jobs to make a decent enough so money to get your savings right. Maybe the way I would say it, for, for just so I would understand it better for myself, and maybe I might be wrong, let's see, is living your life on your own terms. Yes, absolutely. 100%. That, that's, that's what I'm getting the vibe here. Yep, 100%. So, so okay. So you think if you wear... Are, are there? Could, I know maybe you couldn't. I don't know. Are there, could you think of any examples of places where not you can go to sort of live life on your own terms or to live abundantly, but that that's sort of like a, in the culture? Because I feel like I, I don't know. I, at least when I think about the U.S., I, I mostly think about. I mean, you know, I am in a. I have always been in like sort of these old school corporate corporate cultures, but I think about. I think about like this. You know, this sort of you know these milestones of 20 years you know 30 years are mm -hmm. like and, and that's and that seems to be what is more admirable than someone that's hopped around a bunch right which which to some degree i understand but at the same time 
at a lot of these companies, even if you work there, and correct me if I'm wrong because I don't work really in the corporate world, mm-hmm. but from my understanding of the corporate world is, you know, you could work at a company for 5, 10, 15, doesn't matter, and a lot of places they could just fire you on the spot, yeah, can't they? Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's the, I, I 100% agree with that, but that, that is the, there is always that chance. Right. Um, but see, that's why I'm saying if you. But I think that's why I also think that like I do think that there is. I'm not saying I even agree with the, the fully the concept of that sort of loyalty to a company, right? Because it's like I, that that loyalty doesn't really go two ways. Yes, they pay you well and they have good you know right. whatever they might have as. But far they as could benefits. replace you tomorrow. But if they you, but you are very yeah you are very yeah. disposable. Whereas and, and the see, company can go on without you. They don't need you. And that's why if you have an abundance mindset and you think that. All right, well, I have this one good job. It makes me happy. It's one solid income stream. But you're making, in theory, if you're making a lot of money from that job, invest that money in other things that can also make you money. Right. And that's what I mean by the abundance mindset. If you think of things more as scarcity, you know, and we've talked about this idea of, and you're the one who mentioned it, actually, like lifestyle creep, right? You start making more money, so you have to buy a bigger house, a nicer car, Da, 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 right? well, they say the, the average American doesn't even have like a month's worth of security fund for themselves. Right. And this is, you know, of all a, all income right. brackets, not just, you know, poor people. Right. But see, that's why I think this idea of the abundance mindset, but you have to work towards it. It's this, if you want to reach this level of abundance, it's not like you can just think, oh, I, I want to be more financially secure. I want to. I think the problem mm-hmm. with abundance and and in getting into that mindset is uh, like instant gratification is a big problem. Yeah, you have to delay gratification is key. Yeah, it, and it's not and easy, especially. Uh, I mean, I don't know, but I only know about the U.S. But it, it's so easy. They make it so easy between credit cards or car loans or house loans. Like it's very easy for someone to. It's, they make it very easy for someone to get in over their head financially. Right. Um, and then that leads. I think that also leads to that scarcity mindset because then, even if you can't afford the place, or it can't afford whatever it is you buy, there is that feeling of it's like, well, I got to keep this job right. if I want to keep paying this, you know, big bill I have every month. Dude, that's something that's always terrifying to me. I guess it's part of the lifestyle creep thing, but it is that sort of like just sort of like. Not not getting in over my head over bills. Just I never want to get to the point where it's like, why am I paying for this? Like, what is this I'm paying? Like, why do I like? Is this right. a bill that you pay for that you don't even really recognize what you're using it for? That's that's really that's one of my a, a big fear for me. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So so I think it's it's really important. You know, if you uh, even if you have a job, you know, there 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 might be that stormy day, you know, at some point where you lose your job. I mean, you know, I lost my job in February, you know, and uh, for a couple of weeks I had, you know, I wasn't working at all, had no income, started, you know, giving, you know, some lessons and doing some teaching yeah. and stuff, you know. Um, I mean, I, I haven't, I never, I guess, hold on a second. I never, I guess, fully lost my income, but there was definitely, you know, but I lost my job and I was on severance and there was definitely... That sort of all right. You got however many months, and then and then you're on your own. So it, there was definitely that feeling of like a, that sort of that fear where right. it could all go at any moment. <laughs> right. So I mean, and the key here with this abundance is yeah, have have a couple thousand saved up. You know, to to our American listeners out there, um, they say three months. You should have. They, is, so is it that three months uh, of like salary you should just have on ready to go? I think Liquid. yeah, just in your yeah. Yep, in your that's in, a lot in, of in money. A bank account. Yeah, 
for a lot of people that that is a lot of money, you know, but you have to, I don't know, you just have to try to save when you can and, uh, you know, put it in places and, and I don't know, yeah. there's the, the big thing for me, I realized because I, I haven't been doing it as much as I used to was I spent way too much money in graduate school eating out. Yeah. You know? And ever since this pandemic happened, um, you know, I go once in a while and will grab lunch for myself and my parents, but I try not to eat, eat out too much. Yeah. I, we, uh, that's a, that's a, a tough balancing act, especially now that, um, well, it was, it was, it's a little easier now just cause we've been in it for a while. It's a little bit more normal, uh, normal, but especially in the beginning, like that was like the, one of the few enjoyments that it felt, felt like we, we had access to, or even one of the few sort of like access to the outside world <laughs> Right, was just like getting, like doing that. But, but yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, all right. Do you want to go on to the song of the pod? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, we uh, actually do have a song this episode. Yeah. Um, and here, actually, I'm going to play it on here so we can talk about and, it. And we would call this, uh, is it Brazilian Portuguese? Yes. It's Brazilian Portuguese reggae. Yes. And uh, as soon as Chad types it in, he'll tell you what it's oh, called, because right I don't think you ever told me what it was called. It is called Sinto uh, Liber- Liberjaji. Is Sinto is that- 5? I have no idea. That's a great question. And it is by uh, Chimaruts, C-H-I-M-A-R-R-U-T-S. But yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic song. Starts off with like, sounds like some ukulele, some slide guitar, and then that reggae kind of drum beat drops. Yes. And uh, uh, they have a female singer and her voice is just soulful. Yeah. How would you describe it, Jared? Soulful, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think you took the words right on my mouth. Mm. I like it. It's it's an interesting um uh I don't want to say clash because that makes it sound like they don't go together, but it's like a combination of genres that I never really crossed my mind. What do you call like what do you call that Brazilian Portuguese like what what's that genre? That, Samba? Yeah. Balsa? Like, some, like I don't know, it's just got like that Brazilian sound, mm-hmm. but like with that clear reggae uh, uh, like um, melody and sort of instrumentation. Right. It's something I guess I never really crossed my mind, mm-hmm. but when you hear it together, it's like yeah, this fits perfectly. It works. Yeah, like it, it does. Yeah, and and you know they got horns in this song. It's very uh, uh, what do you call it? Not chill vibes. Mellow. Bro. Um, laid back yes laid back vibes They're staying breezy yes thank you that's you know? what i was thinking of it yeah. ke- keeps you breezy <laughs> and, and the drum beat like it's reggae so it's still upbeat but the tempo of the song itself isn't fast yeah if that makes sense i think interesting that sense. yeah that makes sense yeah that doesn't make sense it was a good choice i like it yeah, I think uh, if you give this song a listen, it will definitely put you in a good mood. Check it out on our YouTube channel, Untranslatable Podcast, the song of the pod playlist, Sinto Alibojaji by uh, Chimarut. So check it out. It is definitely a good one. Um, so yeah, so scarcity and abundance mindset. Um, I think the key with abundance mindset, Jared, is um, realizing that you do have options um, and, and, you know, it, it's different throughout different walks of life. You know, when you're young, you, you may not have that, you know, ability to have the abundance mindset just yet. You know, you sometimes have to, 
you know, get your get your feet on the ground, get a, a little bit established, you know, learn some skills, have some job experience, mm-hmm. get an education, something like that, you know. Um, but if you're even 18 or 19 listening to this and, uh, and, you know, if you have a skill or something that you can do or learn a trade, you know, you can, if you can start your own business at that trade, you know, you can have a lot of options. What stopped you from starting a business, Chad? Um, Trying to make money on your own. I mean, not getting paid by someone else. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Have you had any business ideas? Oh yeah. I've had a couple of them. I mean, not, not including like real estate related. Not that 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 counts, obviously, but um, other than real estate stuff, I mean, I've thought about like teaching businesses. I would love to have like a guitar shop or a, or a recording studio and run that. Yeah, but as you a don't business. even know that much about rec- like audio or uh, that's not true. You like audio engineering? I mean, I could learn a lot of that. That's stuff. That's true. Listen, you I'm know. not. Te- I'm not telling you you couldn't. Do but but yeah. So I mean, you asked me why I haven't opened up a business. I'm just trying to tell you business <laughs> That's ideas fair. I've had. That's fair. That's fair. I shouldn't be so coming harsh. at me real, real, real hard here, Jared. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I can ask you the same question though, huh? Yeah, but I, I would. I haven't really had any business ideas. Mm. I don't know. It, it's for the reason I haven't done it. Is it just seems so probably overwhelming. Right, and for some reason, I don't know why. I like, I'm, I don't know. I just always doubt myself, mm. and I'm like, I don't know. Right, I don't want to get it over my head or whatever. Or, and I'm very, and I'm very afraid of like, um, like, like not ha- like. It is a big risk. Not like, like the thing about like this scarcity mindset or whatever is usually that is applying to people that are sort of stuck in some sort of corporate job. But the good thing about being stuck in, or you know, just some sort of job, the good thing about being stuck in a job like that is. Uh, that essentially guaranteed paycheck, at least while you're there, right. you know, right? It's and not guaranteed forever, obviously, right. as we said, but it's right. guaranteed at least while you're you're like, all right, well, I'm probably not going to get laid off now, <laughs> right? But use, but if you can use some of that money to try to put yourself in sure. a better position, you know, I'm also kind of a hoarder. I've I've started to notice you're a hoarder. I'm kind of a hoarder. Yeah, yeah, that's not necessarily bad. It's thing. hard. It's hard. It's hard for me to spend money. The, hey, that's not necessarily a bad thing at all. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's smart. I, mm-hmm. Sorry, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I think that's smart, you know, to um, to try to save your money, use your money in a smart way to, to get you to a point where... So do you think, mm-hmm. is, is that maybe like a, a a weakness of someone that's trying to live an abundant lifestyle, of someone that's too afraid to spend their money and too afraid to, I, I guess, think, take financial risks? I think you should be able to take financial risks because you, you can and you want to, not because you have to. Whenever you have to do something, I think you're coming from, in a way, you're coming from a point of scarcity. Right. You have to do something, right? I have to take this job because I have no money. Okay, take that job for a year or two, you know, really try to save your money, be smart, make smart decisions, so you and you can gain some experience so you can find a better job so you yeah. can make more money or, or do some contracting on the side or start your own business or whatever, you know? Yeah, me... me, me. Uh, not spending money does feel like a place of, like like the scarcity mindset because it is sort of just that like that I mean it is obviously a, a what if and obviously I need like a, a security fund but like e- even like you know risking some of it and investing some to see what I could do or whatever there is just sort of like what if what if what if I something goes wrong right. and it's just like it's very limiting you know just but constantly I, afraid that there's going right. to be some sort of catastrophe and all of a sudden I'm going to need every last penny I have and right. I feel like I can't believe I bought that or and that, invested and that, in that and that and that does come from a point of scarcity because yeah. because the truth of the matter is money can always be made 
like yeah. at the end of I the mean, day, like our government like, apparently. Well, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you if you can Apparently solve someone's can. problem, if you can provide a service or a product that mm-hmm. people spend money on, you can make money. I mean, it's it's not rocket science. You know, obviously, it's not that simple, but but that's the point, though, is that if you look at money as a resource, you know, money's not really a finite resource, right? I mean. You know, we we have, you know, you can sell stuff, you can offer your time for money, you know, be become a personal trainer, a yoga teacher. Right. You know, there are all sorts of different things you can something do to about, make money. Something about working in like a company or something does sort of make you feel like like it is it's like a security blanket. It makes you feel very sure. safe, you know. Well, and I can say the same when you work at a university or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, that any too. sort of place where you're just getting right. like a steady paycheck and right. is, it's very, and like buy some, buy some reliable company or some mm-hmm. reliable institution that you know will be able to pay you. Right. It is very comforting. And it's but very hard to break out of but that. But you can't depend on that for always, for yeah. forever, you know? Well, yeah, and I should know that as good as anyone. Right. I, I've already, you know, been laid off. Well, before. you do. I think, I think you just. We haven't yeah, but that's also I think enough. led yeah. me I think even more into the make sure I'm I'm my you know my my uh, security fund is looking right right rather than you know make sure I'm in a place where I'm making money next time something like this could potentially happen which seems like a more abundant way to look at it you it, know yeah absolutely just make sure I have a, a little a little like my nuts saved away for mm-hmm. a blizzard or whatever squirrels right. do right. You're making me think of Ice Age for some reason. <laughs> I was thinking world. of that's the SpongeBob. Always... But see, that's a scarcity mindset. The 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 Ice Age squirrel that's always going after that one acorn. Mm. You got to have more acorns Open than just mind. one. Yeah, yeah. You need more than one acorn, Jart. Yep, that's for sure. Yep. Um, you know, and and yeah, and that can and that caused uh, uh, extinction. So right. Well, the other, the other thing is too. I mean, if you have a hobby, find a way where you can make a little side money from your hobby. You know, I've I've definitely made money off of guitars I've sold. Yeah. You know, I've played gigs I've made money. Yeah. You know, um, I turned down a couple gigs, you know. Yeah, lessons. You know, I mean, a lot of people ask me what got me into teaching. I was a guitar teacher before anything. I started teaching guitar lessons at like 13 and 14. Really? Uh, and I was making some money off you're, of it. Yeah. Oh, you're getting paid then? Yeah. Wow. I mean, it was only 10 bucks for half an hour, but... I mean, that's real money when, you're, bad. when yeah. you're that age. You're 12, 13, 10 bucks yeah, for half an real, hour is good. Made, <laughs> that's yeah, well real made money. money. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I enjoyed teaching guitar. It's fun. I would mm-hmm. love to, you know, continue. I would love to teach guitar at like a college or university. Um, oh, like awesome. a, like an academic level, yeah. Not just mm-hmm. like teaching teach lessons. classical and yeah. Well, you, but you do still teach lessons on a one-to-one basis usually if you're a sure, guitar sure. teacher at a place like that. Kind of like I think uh, that's what Jupstrom did. He he like he would, <coughs> you know, he was a composition teacher, right? Yeah, he yeah. Do probably one one one-to-one lessons with students. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they probably t- yeah exactly. So, but you know, when you do that, I'm sure you know a lot of musicians. They usually have a couple different streams of income. You know, it could be sure. gigging. Some of them have yeah. endorsements. You know, I think, contra- and also contrary to popular belief, you know, musicians. You know, you, when we hear musicians, we think of like uh, I don't know Miley Cyrus or something. Right. But they're most of them aren't <laughs> rich people. Right. A lot of uh, them play like bars, small venues. They make enough to make a living. But well, I think yeah. our artists definitely, in general, have to have that entrepreneurial yeah. mindset to to stay alive and then a lot of them are you know working side jobs while they're also trying to you know sell their art in some right. way or another so you kind of have to constantly have that and you also as an artist a lot of them have to be willing to 
invested themselves with stuff, you know, yep. with with uh, equipment, uh, equipment and everything. Stuff. Yeah. So you kind of have to have that faith in yourself. Well, I remember I was talking to um, somebody that we went to college with that was studying music, and um, I don't remember what I I was showing him something, and and we were like playing music, and he was like he was like why. Uh, I forget what kind of amp he was using, but he was like, "Why does why do you, why does your tone sound so much better than mine?" Uh, I'm better than you, and uh, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> no, but but I my touch. I explained to him though that like and and he was, and he came from you know when I was in high school, I had you know some okay you know guitars and music equipment because mm-hmm. I worked I worked sixteen to twenty hours a week in high school, um, and when you're high school and you don't have bills. That right. that you know three four hundred bucks to toys. a week goes to toys, mm-hmm. and at that age, that's a lot of money for toys. So yeah. so you know, I bought, I bought. Oh, uh, I unplugged the headphones. Oh, sorry. I, I, yeah, it scared the crap out of me here. <laughs> um, so you know, I bought you know a couple nice guitars, a couple nice amps, and mm-hmm. and so you know, I brought those with me to college. And some college kids who were guitar majors just didn't have you know nicer equipment. And so when you when you would jam, you know, they were still good guitar players and good musicians, but you could just tell that there there comes a point when you know you could give a good musician any crappy equipment and they'll make it sound good. But if you give them the option of having better sure, equipment, course. it'll always sound well, we better. We talked about that when I was taking piano lessons with the keyboard where it's like, yeah, right. my keys are weighted. But they don't it but it doesn't feel, it doesn't like, feel like a anything piano. like a piano. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so um, but once again, this idea of abundance and, and options, you know, um, for me, it was I had worked and saved that money and, and that was something that was important to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, if, if, if I really wanted to get a new guitar, I could sell a couple of the ones I have and, and easily, you know, use that Not to find out of your pocket. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and it's nice when you can have a hobby where you can do that. Like there's a guy I follow on YouTube. He really likes watches. And he's got some really rare watches and has made enough money off those to buy newer ones. And stuff I mean, like yeah, there's, I've seen that on every level because obviously I know car people like that too where, where it gets to a point where um, like whatever hobby you have is almost sustaining itself. Right. So like, so like maybe someone has four cars at this point. And if they're like, all right, if I want a new car, I can, like, I, I like, I've, like, I have this much garage space, and I have, you know, space for this many fun cars. You know, obviously, I need one for daily or whatever. Right. And it's just like, all right, I can sort of. It's almost sort of like, you know, what can I get rid of to get to get? And and mm-hmm. I've seen actually watch people do that too, where it's like, all right, well, I'm going to get rid of two kind of cheaper watches and get one nicer one right. for example well i'm i'm actually planning on getting rid of two cheaper guitars and upgrading to a, a really i think nice that's one. the way to do it yeah, yeah. It, it is but see once again where you're operating in a place of abundance where yeah. if you're if you're in scarcity but interesting you're mm-hmm. operating in a place of abundance and re- and and then living in a to, to live more scarcely almost but is it scarcely if that's your choice I'm not saying, but I'm not saying there's anything wrong with scarcity. Right. There's nothing wrong with scarcity per se. Scarcity might be, a, you know, another word for minimalism. Maybe. Well, but see, when I hear the term scarcity, I think of not having enough to meet your needs, or, or being stuck to a point where mm. you can't make a choice. So that's why I would say that scarcity I don't know if that's is actually what, different. That's okay. the way I view but it. But I don't know if that's the economic. I, maybe I'm thinking about it in economics because there is okay. scarcity is like an economic term, and I don't know if that's what how they would define it. Like not enough to meet your needs. But that's like sort of like the basis for like how you're, you know, there's less resources. Right. Yeah. Right. 
Well, it's good. But, that, but then in the sense that I'm putting right. it, it's like, well, then you see, then you will value the stuff that you have more. More, right. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I don't think the abundance mindset necessarily means you need to have a giant house and all these sure. things. You know, I think it's more about you just being able to, like you said, make make the choices that you want to make for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and not have to be forced be, into yes. something because be you don't have enough money a or slave. You, as, right. Only I can say that, by the way. Not be a slave to your job or your insurance really anything. or whatever. Yeah. Anything. Or your, your mortgage. Mm-hmm. Right. Your job, your mortgage. Your car bill or whatever yep. it is. Your friends. I hate to say it, but even your yeah. friends, if you have friends who mistreat you, uh, if you Get if you have a there. scarcity mindset, you're going to think, oh my gosh, these are my only, these friends. Are my only friends. I can't yeah. say goodbye to them. But mm-hmm. if you have the, if you, if you have an abundance mindset, you think, okay, well, you know, either sometimes people just grow apart and people change. That's fine. Or maybe these aren't good friends, you yeah. know? And so you, you say, you know, I, I, or maybe you don't say anything. You just disassociate yourself from them. I don't know. Yeah, um, disappear. Right. But yeah, so I think it's uh, definitely important to have options. Um, and for me, that's a big aspect of the abundance mindset. Yeah, you've really got me thinking. I, I went into this having clearly no idea what we were about to talk about. Mm. But uh, I, 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 it's, it seems like this is something I, I like. I feel like I'm always sort of partially talking about how I want to work on in my head, and I right. didn't even realize what the wording for it was. But this, but 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 uh, this is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's just just yeah having having options, being able to do what you want to do, but it takes work. You know, it's going to take a lot of effort and time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm encouraged sti- too. I right. think that's even what I'm yeah. more concerned about. <laughs> and self education. Yeah. That's another thing I'm not great at. Is like teaching myself how to how to do. I'm, I'm good at teaching mm. myself how to do fun stuff. I think you don't like, give yourself myself, enough credit. I taught myself how to make a podcast and all that stuff, and that was kind of fun. Yeah. Right. Uh, like but it's see, not as fun as right. teaching yourself how to invest in stock. You but know? you could learn it for sure. You know, you could I definitely guess I could, learn yeah, it. I mean, I could. You know, I mean, it's not above me. Right. Like above my like right. intelligence level. I don't think. Oh, for sure, definitely not. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the key too with with being in abundance is knowing your worth. Also, also mm-hmm. knowing when to say no, because sometimes, you know, I could have, there were a couple job opportunities I could have accepted, um, and I wouldn't have the job I have now, and I'm very happy that I wasn't in a position where I felt I had to say yes to a job I didn't well, necessarily I, want. I hear a lot of artists talking about that, like, one of the, like, a profound moment in a lot of artists' Uh, careers is when they can say no because you know obviously you start off most artists are starting off broke and at a point Mm -hmm. where it's like any gig you kind of have to take it right even if it seems like a stupid gig or you're not into it if that's worse and it's like being able to say no and actually choose what you want to do is very powerful the the worst is when and i can tell you this as someone who played in a rock band and jazz ensembles and played gigs Mm -hmm. the worst is when people tell you um, you know, if you come down to, okay, well, what, what are we getting paid? Oh, an and exposure. Exposure. It's like, <laughs> great. Let me just write that when I need to pay my bills and, and, you know, repair my car and put food also, on the Also, really, if we're, how, if we're evaluating how much, like, performing in front of 100 people is worth, mm-hmm. as far as exposure goes, like, how many of those people would you actually expect to, like, then be followers of you long term buy after? Or buy a CD. Right, or, like that, right. like that, like... A hundred people watching me this one show, that's probably worth like 
three dollars. Right. <laughs> right. Gonna, How much money you'll get? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. From like exposure, is right. like like what that would translate to. <laughs> and that's not going to pay your bills. That's not going to put food on the table. Yeah, that's such. Yeah. That's such a. I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm not a performing artist, right. but I've definitely heard. That that's that's an old trope that a lot of artists have experienced before. A really a really good that. one that I like though. Um, speaking of like saying no because of abundance, I think is um, Stevie Ray Vaughan, who's one of my favorite guitar players. So he actually played on David Bowie's record "Let's Dance," and David Bowie wanted him to um, tour with him and all that stuff. And, uh, and I think Stevie Ray Vaughan decided it would be better for him to start his own solo career. Mm. And that's what he did. And can you imagine saying no to David Bowie? I mean, yeah, one of the I mean, biggest big names in the music industry. Um, and, 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 you know, he had a prolific, you know, solo guitar career with uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan Double Trouble. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I mean, as, as far as I'm concerned, one of the best blues guitar players to and that's how you actually make it you don't really make a name for yourself being a backup right or, uh for someone else right i mean it's the same else. with Jimi hendrix Jimi hendrix yeah. was backup for uh, a bunch played of guitar for these groups like, yeah little richard like uh, isley brothers or was it isley brothers isley brothers yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but isn't that crazy though you mm-hmm. know but that's also i think the idea of abundance if you operate in scarcity it's like i have this gig right now it's paying me right now but sometimes you have to take that leap. You have to believe yeah. in yourself. And as you said, have courage. Yeah. It's really important with the idea of the abundance mindset. Yeah. I, I feel like I hear this all the time, and I don't know what it's going to take for me to actually, like, for it to switch in my head. Because I feel like mm. I, I feel these things, but then I still just go back to the comfort. Uh, like, and, there's no, and it doesn't have to be one or the other, especially right now. But I, I like I'm just I just get so comfortable in the normal day to day paycheck and just let right. that sort of make me lazy as far as expanding my own wealth on my own. Right, but it's it's definitely important. That's for sure. Oh, I agree. I agree one hundred percent, dude. Absolutely. Please. All right. Take well, it away. let us know <laughs> how you keep an abundance mindset at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. You can check out our stories and see uh, some pictures of what we've been up to. Check us out on Twitter, Untranslatable One, the number one, um, for lots of great retweets and uh, our episodes there. Also, please check us out on, or check us out, uh, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Five stars would be great, and let us know how we can make this podcast better for you. So as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, Dekuyame, muchas gracias, shisha, and dosvidanya. Hear that breeze? Stay breezy, people. Stay breezy. Stay that breezy. breeze is nice. You want to kick a soccer ball around for a minute? Sure, dude. It's got that nice weather out. Yeah. <laughs>